Welcome to PESPOD, our sixth episode. My name's David Poyser, I'm a journalist, and today we're going to have a short chat with a small PES that's made big steps in people management. I'm very lucky to be with Caroline Moncel, Interim Director General of Actiris, the PES for the Brussels region of Belgium, where she's led a team successfully implementing participative management. The PES network thinks some of the success in Actiris may have benefits for other PES. So, Caroline, hello. Hello. Now, are we going to have any dogs? Is your dog going to come in and say hello to us? Well, perhaps. <laughs> She's asleep right now, but she might barge in and start barking, depending on who passes by in the street. But uh, OK, I'll tell her We're to shut forward. up. What, what's she called? <laughs> Stella. Ah, oh, it's a lovely name for a dog. So, yes, especially in Belgium. Exactly, exactly. Um, you've set up a Stella, Stella, S-T-L-L-A-R, management system. Can you tell me about it? Well, it's actually called participative management. Sometimes some people also call it holacracy or sociocracy or co-steered teams. Um, well, st- several words are, are used. Yes, we did that. Uh, it's actually a, a different management style where people get the power to co-decide in finding solutions to problems. We're actually shifting from a more directive management to a more collaborative way of uh, managing teams. And um, but there are rules, of course. Uh, you, there are several levels of co-decision. Anybody just can't any decide anything. It depends on on the level of the decision to be taken. And and that's why we made some kind of card game uh, with seven cards that we're using. And the first card, for example, is um, I've decided and I'm giving you instructions. So um, announcing. And the s- number seven, so the other opposite, is I delegate this to you completely. So I give you 100% trust. And in between you have different other ways of deciding but the most common one we use is the we, we take a, a common decision no number four <laughs> number four and that's also the one we use in the the executive committee with uh, the top managers so it's a way of trusting the staff who work in the pairs yes yes exactly now you've said don't meow me. You say that to people. What does that mean when people say "Don't meow me" to you? Well, apparently you have a dog and War- a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently Warren Buffett uses this whenever people come to him with a problem that they can solve themselves. And then he says, "Then I turn into a cat and I I say meow, and it means." Uh, you've got the answer to this question. You, the expert, you can very well uh, manage this on your own. I trust you completely that you'll find the right solution to this. And that's when when I go meow. And then sometimes people say, oh, come on, Caroline, please don't meow me. I really need an answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So we've just been through this awful crisis. You're obviously at home now with your with your dog. Um, yes. When when did you set it up? Before the crisis? Oh yes, it really takes time to implement. Uh, it. I think I should say it started about seven years ago when I started at Actiris. There was one manager, Dirk. He's the manager of the training department. He's always coming up with very innovative ideas. And he implemented this in his department. And at the time, I was uh, the director of the employer's department and we wanted to do a, a workshop on certain problems we had to solve with employers. And he convinced me to organize this in a co-creative way. We call it a world cafe. And according to the rules of participative management. And people were so enthusiastic about it. So, of course, everybody was talking about this World Cafe. And uh, so I, I discussed it with my colleague, the Director General, who uh, convinced that we had to go on with this and uh, implement it in the whole organization. And then uh, we discussed it with the whole executive committee. And there was a lot of interest. Uh, and then I even took a course, a specific course, with other uh, CEOs from both private organizations, but also public organizations. And it was really fascinating. And that's how it all started off. And there's also a book that became our Bible. <laughs> it's, we'll mention it's, the book in the show notes. Okay, it's by Frédéric Laloux. He's a Belgian from Brussels, uh, and it's called Reinventing Organizations. And it really sets out the, the basics of uh, participative management. Um, and so everybody read that book. I mean, the whole top management, we even received it for as a Christmas present. We received the, the comic strip form, you know, it's Belgian. So we, we turned exactly. everything like into Tintin. Yes. That's Tintin, I should say, en français. Um, that's L-A-L-O-U-X, by the way. So, yes. But persuading, you're a relatively junior person. You persuaded the whole board to read a book and take up a new style of management throughout the organisation. Mm -hmm. That's not easy, Caroline. No, it, it's not easy, but we it took a while uh? we did some benchmarking also we we went to see other organizations who implemented this uh, new management style it came by little by little really um everybody took this training on the top management and then all the managers were trained and now it's even a compulsory training for for newcomers in the organization and it's not like it's the whole of the organization which works that way because we've got believers and we've got non-believers and uh, it's growing organically. It's not like all of a sudden uh, a whole department does it. No, there are teams uh, who use the, the techniques of participative management. There are others who don't. Um, We've got several teams, small teams, which are totally self-steered. They even don't have a manager anymore, but that's really... What sort of uh, teams, what sort of roles are they doing, the small teams? The self-steering small teams? Yeah, well, it's, it's like the uh, international department, they work that way, and another small department. But, well, it takes time. 
Yeah. So imagine now you've got on this podcast, we hope there's places from all over Europe listening. Uh, persuade them like you persuaded your own management that it's going to really help them. What are the advantages? Well, it gives people more more autonomy, more empowerment, more responsibility, which makes them happier. So it's good for their personal development. Uh, it also gives them a stronger feeling of belonging to the organization, that being part of it, because they can co-decide. They feel like they play an important role in the decision-making process. Um, and of course, there's always more in several heads than in one head. So it's a question of collective intelligence, which is very useful, especially uh, nowadays with a very changing environment. Uh, it makes an organization more agile. So with digitalization, COVID, you were far quicker to, and more able to respond. Yes, because it's really a, a team of experts who dealt with this and we trusted them. You know, they prepared all the decisions concerning, and they still do nowadays, mm. they prepare all the decisions uh, related to COVID and then they just present this to the um, executive board and we, well, and very often we, we just follow their proposal because they know better than us. They're much closer to the um, to what's happening in the organization. You know, the, I think operational decisions should be taken at the operational level. Uh, they know what's best for the organization or for the customers. So um, we all know as parents, for example, that in theory, it's easier to cook a meal for our children than to tell them how to cook it. Um, it's not... <laughs> it's not easy implementing this, is it? It's just easier to come in and a manager and say, these are decisions I've made and they happen rather than to discuss them with your employees. Oh, no, it, it's, it's not easy at all. First of all, it takes time and a lot of effort, a lot of training. Um, uh, we were told at the beginning that we would go through like a, a chaotic stage, which we did because there was a lot of misunderstanding at the beginning of what can we decide on which level? Can I choose my level of pay? Can I choose my working hours? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that, not wasn't to that extent, but still people were thinking that they could decide on just everything, which is not true. It's not anarchy, you know. There are rules to abide by. And uh, as I said, those different levels of co-decision um, so, so you have to make people understand this, and this takes a lot of training. And it also, it also means a cultural shift for the whole organization. And it, and this, this is something you have to be aware of. And it also takes trust. You you have to trust your people that they can take the right decision instead of you. So you have to show some sort of a vulnerable side. You're not the authority who knows everything, because nowadays, of course, you can't know everything. It's especially in a PES, uh, we're dealing with so many things. It's just impossible to know everything. So everybody in a PES, we've all got the same sort of departments. We've got the IT department. We've got the regional offices. Where is it difficult where, to, to set up a different sort of management system? Um, I would say... Um, in the departments where there are a lot of external people, a lot of consultants, it's difficult to, to implement this because um, 
the IT department, it's like 80% external consultants. So, so that, there it's quite difficult. Um, and overall, uh, in public administrations, it's not easy because um, we, we have like an imposed hierarchy. And so old-fashioned managers will say, hey, I'm the boss. You're not to decide what I should say. You shouldn't decide in my place. But we've got um, a lot of examples of where it has worked. So, so we don't see why we shouldn't mm. try. And of course, the smaller the organization is, the easier it is. Because in big organizations, you have a lot of uh, turnover. So every time you, there's new people, you have to train them and to make them understand that that's the way we work. And then some some civil servants, they're used to getting instructions from their boss and not work in such an autonomous way. So for some people, it's also a change in, um, in attitude. You think that's a problem that typically you're working in the past, you're working in a government service, you haven't joined a sort of arts organization. Um, some people just don't want long meetings. They might want their managers to tell them what to do. <laughs> Well, some people do, yes. And it's true that it makes meetings longer because um, there's a whole technique of decision-making. As I said, in our executive board, we take decisions by consent. So somebody explains the, the problem that we have to decide on. And then there's a first round where, uh, of clarification. So if people have questions... They can tell them in that round. And then the second round is the round of, we, we call it bonification, which is, Im I would say, improvement in, in English. Yeah. And, yes. And then in the end, um, the, uh, the, there's a decision that is proposed. And then people vote on that on that decision and people can um, can disagree now you're making everybody panic they're voting yes they're voting with a with a thumb a thumbs up or thumbs down if your thumb is down then it means that you you disagree and you have another proposal of improvement and and that can take right. some time but it really gives a decision a lot of buy-in yes i think buy-in is the really crucial phase isn't it yes on every bit that's written about management, what if you're going to change the system, you need buy-in. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And do you think um, uh, a lot of pets have a lot of senior managers? I think in Actiris, about 63% of managers are female. Do you think that makes a difference? Perhaps. Um, I mean, we boys, do we like to admit that <laughs> we've got things wrong? Is it a cultural problem for men? I mean, you don't... You know. Maybe maybe it helps that women uh, dare to show a more vulnerable side of, of themselves. But I would say it's also something that young people like a lot. Because nowadays, young people, they're so critical, you know, with the social media, everybody gives uh, their uh, opinion on everything. And, and here, uh, if you have such a system of participative management, then they're very happy because they feel that they, their voice is heard by the organization. So, and, and we are quite young uh, organization, I would say and also very female, so that helps, definitely. 
Thanks so much, Caroline. Your enthusiasm for participative management speaks for itself. It really does. The title of the book that Caroline mentioned was Reinventing Organisations, and it's by Frédéric Laloux. That's L-A-L-O-U-X. And obviously there's versions in French, as she said. If you're unable to write it down, it's on the show notes with this podcast. We hope you can join us for the next podcast. I'm going to be with another mover and shaker from the world of European public employment services. And please feel free to rate us on Spotify, iTunes or whichever podcast platform it is that you use. We're hoping this podcast will build a sense of community in PES in public employment services. So if you have any comments on PESPod, there's an email. That's empl pes secretariat at ec.europa.europa. Dot EU. That's EMPL PES Secretariat at ec.europa.eu. And you can leave comments there, and that email is also on the PESPOD show notes. PESPOD is produced for the PES network by the European Commission with technical support from Econ Institute. The technical producer is Mark Butter. Looking forward to next time. <laughs>